Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. A few weeks ago, I made a video about dark masculinity and coming to terms with your shadow self as a man. And that video got so much positive feedback. I was getting emails, personal messages. Guys were trying to add me on Facebook just to talk to me more about what I'd talked about in this video. So today I want to carry on with this basic topic of masculinity. And what I want to talk about is what are seven of the biggest lessons I learned in my life and my own journey to work out what masculinity was to me and to discover my own masculinity? What were the biggest lessons I learned and what are the biggest lessons that I see that the men that I've worked with over the last 12 years need to learn as well? So it's going to be an interesting ride. Strap in and let's get going. So what is masculinity? Well, it's not the chest-beating gorilla. It's not the alpha male of the wolf pack. It's not the man who beats his wife. And it's not the man who goes to war and kills lots of people. There are all kinds of stereotypes that exist for masculinity. But I'll tell you something. All of these are examples of expressions of masculinity. But many, especially examples like the man who beats his wife, are examples of unhealthily expressed masculinity. Masculinity is not the evil thing here. Think of masculinity like a dog. It's not the dog that's bad. It's how you raise the dog that matters. So today I'm going to talk about the seven fundamentals of what I've learned it is to be masculine and how that gets expressed for each man will be slightly different from one man to the other. And it doesn't make any man less or more masculine than the other, but I found these to hold true for all men across the board. Number one. Your masculinity has a really dark and dangerous side to it. We all know it. We all have this part of us that is capable of desiring to hurt someone who's wronged us, who's desiring to take a woman and throw her against a wall and ravage her. We all have this dark part of us that's capable of horrendous deeds. But this isn't a part of us that's meant to be subdued or hidden or to feel ashamed of. Our dark masculine is a part of us that's meant to be worked with, accepted, and kept as a partner, but kept in check. That's sexy. A man who has his darkness beside him, with him, who has a healthy relationship with his darkness, but has it in control. That's masculine. Not a man who has his masculine out of control. And I've long rallied to say that women feminists have no right to tell men what masculinity is. They have no right to tell us that something is toxic masculinity. We'll decide when our behavior is toxic. Thank you very much. It's up to us guys to determine what masculinity really is. And we're never supposed to be ashamed of our masculine sides, but we are meant to keep them in check and have a healthy relationship to that part of us. Now, when many men hear point one, they cheer. They say, this feels so liberating as a man to hear someone say, I don't have to be ashamed of who I am deep, dark inside. And of course, I need to make sure that this part of me doesn't hurt the people around me, especially women and children. Beautiful. But those same men often struggle with point number two. There is a very dark and dangerous feminine that's meant to be accepted and respected. 
So we want women to accept and respect our dark masculine side and not treat it like the enemy. Well, actually, men, we need to accept and respect that women have a dark feminine as well. A feminine which is chaotic and wild and unpredictable and emotionally dangerous. We've all experienced these women before. We've all experienced women who engage the feminine, the dark feminine, too far. They're wild and they, they can cheat and they can, they can yield massive amounts of damage. They can be manipulative, right? All of these things are feminine, the dark feminine, taken too far. Right? The dark feminine, just like the dark masculine, can be a beautiful companion for a well-put-together woman. But they can also be agents of great damage. As men, it is imperative that we actually stop trying to treat women like their dark feminine is evil. Just like we don't want women to treat men like our dark masculine is evil. Because men, we regularly try to shame women for their dark feminine as well. So we need to start respecting that that is a part of what makes a woman a woman. And that a well-put-together woman, a great woman, a feminine woman, a woman who's, who, who's the ideal of who we want to date, has her dark feminine as a companion, but she keeps it in check as well. Lesson number three has actually been particularly important for me, but I know that it is generally very important for a lot of guys that I've worked with because they're in the same boat. No man is developmentally an island. You cannot work on your masculinity alone. At least you won't get very far. Men need other men. Men need groups of other men. And I don't just mean peers. If you're watching this especially and you're like a 24-year-old guy, I don't mean surround yourself with a bunch of 24-year-old men. Although this is superior to being surrounded by no men. You need men of all ages around you. Older men. Men in their 60s. Men in their 40s. Men in their 30s. And men in their late teens. You need to have men around you to help shape you, to help keep you grounded, to help teach you how to take your dark masculine and keep it in control, to help teach you how to distinguish the difference between being a pushover and being a man who's in control. Because these men will help you stay grounded. They'll help share experience and help, help you become the man that you want to become. I repeat, you can't do this alone. I, I long ago learned the value of men's groups, and I've talked about them a number of times before, but having a really fantastic group of switched-on men is invaluable to your development as a man. And the one great thing I've learned is that most cities around the world have men's groups. Men around there have created men's groups for men to meet weekly, fortnightly, monthly to come together and actually express and learn and delve deeply into what it is that makes them men. The fourth big lesson was a massive surprise to me. I learned this lesson when I was 23 years old, which is very young to learn this lesson. I did a particular course called Trusting the Masculine. And it was based on the work of David Data in The Way of the Superior Man. It was a really intense course. But one of the activities that we did, in I think it was probably the first session when we didn't know any of the other men in our group together is the first thing we did was we did a lot of uh, meditation. We were taught to like a specific type of meditation to get really present. And then what we would do is we'd stand and face another man, a man we'd never met before. And we had to, uh, it's called eye gazing. We look at them dead in the eye and you just give them, be really present with them to feel what you could feel just looking them in the eye. And this can be very, very uncomfortable exercise for guys in the beginning just to sit and be present with another man and look at him directly in the eyes. And after doing this for three, four, five minutes of total silence, the exercise was changed. And now what we had to do is look at the other man in the eye, and each man would take a turn 
to vocalize what it is that they don't trust about the man that they're looking at. This is a man you've never met before. This is a man you probably haven't even spoken to yet. And now you have to tell him what you don't trust about him. And I'll tell you what was absolutely mind-blowing was how deadly accurate the statements were. How absolutely nailed every guy was, how, how closely his soul was seen by the other man, even if no words were uttered, just from eye-gazing and feeling that man's presence. What I've learned is that I know that people like to talk about woman's intuition, but boy, oh boy, can the masculine be intuitive if he shuts up and learns to be present and feel the other person's energy. When I teach dating coaching and I'm out in the field talking to women, guys are often, their minds are blown by how much I can tell them about a woman before I've even gone up and talked to her. They think that it's like a superpower, like it's some magical thing, but actually all I'm doing, it's not even based on, it is a little bit based on experience, but it's based on being really present, stopping, shutting the brain off, and just feeling her energy for a second across the room. And when you do that with women, with men, with anyone, you, you are so insanely intuitive. And every man has that inside of him if he learns to shut up and pay attention. Number five is that there is just as much masculinity in knowing when to relinquish control as there is in knowing when to take control. And this was a particularly hard lesson for me to learn as well because Growing up, initially, I felt like I was being steamrolled over by everyone. I was the nice guy. I was constantly trying to placate people. So as I started to work on my masculinity and start taking control and looking after my own needs and being willing to say no to people and putting my own needs first, it was easy to start to feel like, ah, the masculine doesn't give a damn about anyone else. The masculine takes charge at all times. Every woman wants a man who's always in control. But actually, that's a very flawed viewpoint of the masculine because the masculine needs to know when to relinquish control. If I'm doing something with my partner now and whatever the activity is, whatever it is that we're doing and she knows better, in other words, she's got more experience, she's an expert in that area, uh, whatever it is, maybe I'm feeling too stressed, like there's too many other things going on in my life right now. There is great power in being able to vocalize, I want you to take over here. You take over, you know best. I'm going to follow. You tell me what to do. There is massive power in knowing when to relinquish the control when it's appropriate to do so. That's great leadership. It's also great masculinity. Number six, I have mentioned before, but only once or twice in my previous videos. And this is, this is what we were told. As a man, your word is law. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean when I say something, it must be the law and everyone must bend to my will? That's not what it means. <laughs> it means that what you say is what you do at all times. Meaning your integrity and your masculinity and your sense of self-esteem as a man are all linked. If you go around the world pretending to be something you're not, your masculinity is degraded. If you speak to women and flirt with women and promise them stuff and pretend to be something that you're not, your integrity and your masculinity are degraded. And there is absolutely no way to circumvent this process. Trust me, I've tried because it's difficult to live with your word being law. If you tell a woman you're going to be somewhere and do something, you've got to be there and you've got to do it. If you tell your friends you're going to be somewhere and you're going to do something, you've got to be there and you've got to do it. Even 
even if you don't want to, even if you're not in the mood, even if you're hungover, because as a man, your word is law. And this, I think this single life lesson was the easiest to run with because it's really easy to understand. Say what you mean, be who you are, don't mince words, be yourself at all times. Easier said than done because we want to impress people, right? But it is critical, right? If you want to develop yourself, if you want to develop your self-esteem, if you want to develop your masculinity, you cannot be sitting around being undermined by lies and deception and game playing, right? It will undermine that. The masculine doesn't like playing games. The masculine likes being forthright and direct and stern, right? That is what makes us feel alive as men. And this takes us to the seventh and final lesson I want to talk to you about tonight. And that is that vulnerability is masculine and attractive to men and women alike. Neediness is not. And a truly masculine man knows the difference between the two. Now, I've come up against this a number of times in previous videos where I've tried to explain to men that vulnerability is sexy. And they come back at me with this example of, oh, when I lost my job, I was really vulnerable and my partner left me for another man who made lots of money. So vulnerability is not sexy. Or, you know, some variation on that anyway. Or I got sick and, and they tell this whole story. When you delve into these stories, what you discover is that men are very easily, and myself too in my past, i got to say, men are very easily mixing up neediness and vulnerability. Okay? They're not the same thing. Vulnerability is where you share, you're emotionally open and you share what's going on for you. Neediness is where you do that and expect help, need help from someone else. There's a big difference between the two. If you've ever had the experience, I have a number of times in my life, you have friends who are, uh, they're just struggling and they're emotionally open with you about what's going on and that's it. Or what you feel is you feel drawn to them, to support them, to help them, to be there for them. But we've probably also had friends who are needy. They, they have things going on that constantly trying to niggle at you and, and, and get help for things. And, and it's like they're trying to emotionally force you to care about them. We've all experienced that. That's neediness. And so when you experience that, what do you want to do? You want to run for the hills. You want to get away from it. It's repulsive neediness. And it's really important because so many men who have tried being vulnerable have actually ended up being needy. All right. So masculine, the masculine is, is fueled by vulnerability. And really men's groups are fantastic for teaching you the difference between these two. Because in a men's group, it is perfectly okay when you're sharing something for men to say, this is valid, right? The way that you're now talking to us now or you're the way you've been talking to your partner, that's needy. And they'll help you separate the two. Because any onlooker, any onlooker, doesn't have to be a wise, sage old man, can see, can smell, can viscerally feel the difference between a guy who's being vulnerable, vulnerably masculine, and a man who's being childishly needy, right? We can feel it. And so just having that constant touch point of men to point these things out to you can be invaluable. Because yeah, vulnerability is sexy. It really is. I mean, I have learned this over the years. If I'm, if I'm confidently vulnerable with women, they're more drawn to me, not less. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. 
take care and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.